Welcome to Cancer Conversations, a podcast series from Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. In this episode from February 2014, Dr. David Rosenthal of Dana-Farber's Leonard P. Zakem Center for Integrative Therapies discusses acupuncture, meditation, yoga, massage, and other integrative therapies used to ease cancer-related symptoms. Ann Dorr from Dana-Farber's Communications Department joins him for the conversation. So Dr. Rosenthal, tell me, uh, give me an overview of the Zakem Center and how it benefits cancer patients. Well, the Zakem Center is relatively young. It began just about 15 years ago when uh, Lenny Zakem, who was a patient here at the Dana-Farber, knocked on the door of President Nathan at the time and said, you're treating me with all the greatest therapies in the world, but you know something? You're not treating me as a whole human being. I have to go get my acupuncture in Newton, my massage in Weston, and I taught my son how to give me Reiki. So why aren't we doing these things? They're helping me tremendously. Why aren't you doing these things here at the Dana-Farber? Well, to make a long story short, David, did, David Nathan did agree to have a complementary therapies task force and was surprised by the hundreds of people who came out for that task, that fair. And to make a long story short, it was the beginning of the Zakem Center for Integrative Therapies. Unfortunately, Lenny Zakem didn't get to see it open, but we've been in practice now for about 15 years. And uh, we started off with one acupuncture treatment on Dana One, one morning a week. And now we're full-fledged five days a week of acupuncture, massage, Reiki, as well as a number of complementary integrative therapies throughout the Dana-Farber. The whole concept of integrative therapies is really what we're dedicated to is improving the overall quality of life of cancer patients as they undergo all sorts of treatments. Integrative therapies or complementary therapies are very helpful at all stages of the cancer diagnosis. Integrative therapies can be very helpful during the pre-cancer phase. Those people who come here who are at high risk for cancer, we can help them with guidance about nutrition, physical activity, and stress and symptom management. We can help them during the phases of diagnosis as they're going through the stress of being diagnosed. We can help them with integrative therapies as they're getting the chemotherapy to help them with the symptoms of not only the disease, but symptoms of the treatment of the disease. And we can also help them with our integrative and complementary therapies during the convalescent and the rehabilitation. And then, of course, during survivorship, with many issues still being existent. You know, it's incredible that uh, we're still seeing the incidence of cancer going up, but we're seeing the mortality from cancer going down. What does that mean? It means our survivorship group are going to see more and more individuals. Our survivorship population is just growing. But they're growing with lots of problems, lots of issues. And integrative and complementary therapies can significantly help them with those symptoms. I think integrative too is a, uh, it's not a familiar term with everybody. So I think a lot of questions mm -hmm. people have is mainly what's the difference between integrative therapies and complementary therapies or integrative therapy and alternative medicine? That's a good place to start. I think that the old terminology, uh, when I was in the American Cancer Society, I was put on a committee on quackery. <laughs> and yeah, there are cracks out there. There yeah. were and there still are, uh, but in between the threads of quackery, there are some threads of things that were helping people. We changed the name to questionable methods of therapy, unproven methods of therapy, 
And then the National Institutes of Health got involved and changed the name to Complementary and Alternative Medicine. Yes, they're a complementary medicine, which means alongside chemotherapy. Alternative means instead of chemotherapy, instead of conventional therapies. So that's what we want to make sure people don't get involved with, alternative therapies, when there are cures for certain types of therapies and promise for many of the cancers that we deal with. So, 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 oh, so complementary means together with, alternative means instead of, and the word integrative means really integrating it in the whole pattern of therapy for the cancer patients. And integrative oncology is becoming a specific discipline. We now have a society of integrative oncology, which was founded uh, in part by the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. We were one of the founding members. And there are also all sorts of other organizations that we've been become part of. Uh, and the Dana-Farber has really been out in the forefront of these organizations. Because you don't see it in every cancer center. I think we really are one of the big leaders in the area. That's correct. I think that uh, the Dana-Farber, together with Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, were the two founders uh, of the Society of Integrative Oncology, and then MD Anderson joined us as well. So for a cancer patient, are there certain cancers that uh, the Zakem Center can help them with, or does it help all kinds of cancers? It can help all types of cancers. I guess the data, however, shows that uh, most patients, most cancer patients are breast cancer patients that utilize complementary and integrative therapies. Breast cancer patients, I think, are a very high percentage of the patients we see here. And I think even in national statistics and people who have done surveys on the use of complementary therapies have shown that breast cancer patients are usually the ones who are the high utilizers of these therapies. So a patient writes, how do I know integrative therapies are right for me and how would I go about incorporating, incorporating them into a treatment plan? Well, that's a very good question and I think leads to the issue of what are the integrative therapies that we have and what should they be used for? And I think what the integrative therapies include, and when I do my integrative medicine consultations, I do talk about what we put into our mouths. What is our nutrition like? And I sort of talk from a mile high view because we have great nutritionists here at the Dana-Farber who can deal with the lower depths and right on the target types of things as far as nutrition is concerned. But we discuss the overall nutrition and the use of over-the-counter supplements. Over-the-counter supplements uh, are about a $45 billion industry in the United States. And it's unregulated. And what you buy today may not be the same thing that you buy a month from now. So it's really important to tell people what's the best proper nutrition alongside the chemotherapy, what's the best nutrition for reducing the risk of cancer, and what's the best type of food and fruits and vegetables during the convalescent phase, and what types of herbs and botanicals and antioxidants over the counter should we avoid and which ones might be helpful. And so that's part of the instruction that is very important, I think, for cancer patients to know. What is the best type of diet? The second type of question is that's obviously very important and been researched here at the Dana-Farber is the whole use of physical activity. Jennifer Ligabel uh, in breast cancer and Jeffrey Meyerhart here at the GI Oncology Group have already shown that outcomes in their specific cancers have been improved by the use of physical activity. Nancy Campbell runs a great program uh, on physical activity and I think it's very important for people to know what the uh, their goal should be for incorporating cardiac activity 
and also weight type of resistance activities as well. So nutrition, physical activity, and then the big one, the third leg of the stool, is stress and symptom management. Stress is probably, we now know, uh, one of the major symptoms associated with cancer. Uh, and it behooves us to do as much as we possibly can to reduce stress and anxiety. And also to help treat uh, the various symptoms that might be related to the cancer itself or to the treatment of the cancer. And that's where all the integrative therapies, such as the mind-body programs come in, acupuncture, massage, Reiki. So it's a combination of trying to focus on all three of the elements, what we put into our mouths, what we do with our bodies, and what we do to reduce our anxiety and stress and symptomatology. Well, I think that's a good lead into my next question because I think a lot of people <coughs> might say, why get a massage at the Zakem Center? Why not just go to a salon down mm -hmm. the street or a spa down the street? Just because of that fact that you have to treat the whole patient and there, there's other questions to deal with other than just the massage itself. That's correct. I think that uh, acupuncture is becoming a specialty in oncology oncology acupuncture, similarly with massage. I think there are certain wives' tales that are still out there that, oh, we don't want to massage a patient with cancer because we're going to spread it. Or we shouldn't be using needles in people who have platelet counts of less than 100,000. It's actually, these are our old wives' tales, and I think that it's very important that people understand the integrative nature of what we do. When a person does request a consult with us for acupuncture or massage, what we do is we send an email almost immediately to the referring physician saying, here are the contraindications for acupuncture. Here are the contraindications for massage. But uh, by the way, here are the benefits of acupuncture massage. So it's an educational process. The physician almost immediately gets back to us, oh, that's great, please. It's gonna be very helpful. So it's an integrative nature, so we know that the physician knows what we're going to do, and we know what's going on with the chemotherapy at the time, what the blood counts are. Sometimes we will stay away from certain patients, like immediately after uh, transplants. We stay away from transplant patients. We stay away when the platelet counts get very, very low, or when the absolute neutrophil counts get extremely low, so because we want to prevent any problems. We stay away from people with uh, pacemakers because we like to use electroacupuncture, which increases the stimulation of the acupuncture. So there's lots of things that uh, really are the integrative nature of this, working closely with the medical and surgical oncologists and the radiation oncologists uh, with our integrative therapies. That's what people have to remember. Right. So you touched on acupuncture, and one patient writes, I hear a lot of speculation about the benefits of acupuncture. Do you believe that it can be beneficial for cancer patients? I know you do. And if so, how does it work? Well, um, Wei Dong Lu, who's our senior acupuncturist, and I have written many articles on acupuncture and its effectiveness. You know, in China, they know it works and they know it's safe. However, in this country, we had to prove it was safe, prove it works, but also we had to show how it works. So there are studies that have been done in randomized clinical trials that have shown that acupuncture can reduce chemotherapy-induced nausea and vomiting and reduce the need for continued use of our antiemetics, which cause constipation and obstipation. It's also been shown in randomized clinical trials to be helpful for cancer-related fatigue and cancer-related pain. And these are our randomized clinical trials. It's also been shown that acupuncture is probably very helpful and probably just as good as any of the medicines for hot flashes. 
related to early menopause or to men who are uh, receiving estrogen types of therapies or anti-androgen therapies. So it's very helpful to be able to do that uh, and also know that acupuncture is helpful for anxiety, stress. Psychiatrists are now using acupuncture and being able to cut down on anti-anxiety and antidepressant medications. It's helpful for stress, it's helpful for sleep, it's helpful for amazing number of things. The neuropathy due to some of the uh, platinum types of drugs and other chemotherapeutic drugs. So uh, what I like to think of is too often in this country we think of treating the side effect of one medicine with another medicine and then another medicine to treat the side effects of that medicine. I think there needs to be a real evaluation of the non-pharmacological approaches uh, that the Zakem Center offers. Is, it a, is acupuncture a tough sell sometimes? Do, you, do patients want to come in and see it being done first? Yeah, or? we often show them the needles. The right. needles are 1 the diameter of a venipuncture needle, so they're really <laughs> tiny. The issue is, the big issue is that it's not covered by insurance in Massachusetts. It is in some other states, and especially out in the western states in California, Washington, and Oregon. Uh, and in some states in New England, it is being covered now for cancer. But uh, unfortunately, it isn't covered by insurance in Massachusetts now. However, we get a significant amount of philanthropy. And so we're able to keep our prices down uh, with our philanthropy. Well, I'll get, you know what, I'll, I'm going to quiz you about the insurance question in a okay. minute. But I wanted to touch on the um, stress reduction because mm -hmm. I think, like you said, that's so important. What, which integrative therapy, and this is from one of our um, viewers, is best for stress reduction? Well, I think, first of all, it's, uh, uh, we do several things that we can help with. Um, I can't tell you what the best thing is, but incorporate it into the mind-body programs that we run here at the Dana-Farber. And we've experimented with many of them. We do uh, mindfulness meditation with Elena Rosenbaum, who is a former patient at the Dana-Farber and teaches a mindfulness meditation course. We also have worked with Herb Benson, uh, Dr. Benson from the Benson Henry Institute, who studied transcendental meditation by studying Tibetan monks as they meditated. He found as a cardiologist that as they meditated, their blood pressure, pulse, respirations all went down. Their stress re reduced. Their migraines went away. He brought that back to this country, and he and I have done a number of studies together. He's done more than I have, uh, showing that uh, you can induce the relaxation response in many different ways by a breathing exercise. And it can reduce anxiety and stress, and he's found it very helpful with his cardiology patients with hypertension. But it is a f uh, he wrote a book in 1976 called The Relaxation Response. And in 2011, he wrote a secondary, another book called The Relaxation Revolution, which has all the science behind the relaxation response. It's amazing. With a breathe, simple breathing exercise, something you can learn at home, you can go online and look at it, or you can come into the Blum Resource Center and learn how to do it here, or come into one of our lectures and learn how to do the relaxation response. A simple breathing exercise. And anytime any other thoughts come into your mind, you throw them out and focus back on your breathing in a mantra. And after 20 minutes, you'll be relaxed. If you keep doing this on an annual basis, on a daily basis rather, you can more easily get into that relaxation mode. So you can do it with transcendental meditation. You can do it in mindfulness meditation. We had a program recently on self-hypnosis 
imagery, music therapy, expressive arts therapy, and the modified exercise programs, such as we run here now with Tai Chi and Qigong, uh, and also with yoga, which is going on right now on the third floor, uh, with yoga at 5 o'clock and yoga at 12 o'clock. So all of those programs can help reduce stress and anxiety uh, and induce what we call the relaxation response. I suppose the best way you can think of what this relaxation response is, is if you're a jogger or a swimmer and you get into that mode, if you do it frequently, you get into the mode, you sort of get into the routine of breathing, of running, of jogging, and that's the relaxation response. It gets easier the more you do it. That's right. And one of the questions was, do you recommend uh, certain types of um, uh, meditation? But like you were saying, it all depends on what you're trying to achieve. Right. It also depends upon your basic desires and what you find best that you like to do. I always ask people in my consultations, what is it that relaxes you? Some people say reading. Some people say knitting. We actually run a knitting program. Some people say music. So it depends upon individuals like. You don't want to force on somebody something that they don't want to do that doesn't relax them. In addition, acupuncture, massage, and Reiki also induce this relaxation response. So there are many things. It, the relaxation response actually is a scientific uh, item now. If you do functional MRIs of the brain, you'll see various parts of the brain lighting up. And then Dr. Benson has shown that you can actually measure certain endorphins and neuropeptides in the bloodstream. Recently, in some of his research work, he's actually shown that you can increase an enzyme called telomerase, which protects the tail ends of DNA. And you can also increase what's called natural killer cells, NK cells, into the bloodstream. All of this is decreasing stress and helping build our immune system. That's what we're looking forward to do. So you said Qigong, is mm -hmm. that right? Yes. Okay. How does that benefit <coughs> patients? I know you showed a little bit of it, and I guess explain what exactly is it? Well, Qigong and Tai Chi are very similar, but Qigong involves stretching, breathing, and meditation. So it's various poses, uh, various positions, and various breathing uh, exercises. And again, so a combination of all three. We have a great Qigong master, uh, Rami Rones, who teaches this on uh, Tuesday afternoons and Friday mornings. And he also runs the Tai Chi course, uh, which can be very helpful. And it's been shown that Qigong really does help a great deal with decreasing stress and anxiety, but also helps uh, with balance. It's been a recent study he's shown in uh, aging populations uh, with uh, fellow, another researcher from the OSHA, found, OSHA Center uh, that uh, Qigong can actually help with balance in older individuals. What about age? Like, are there um, certain types of, what, of treatments that you offer that maybe the older crowd <coughs> kind of goes towards, or is it a younger thing, or do, they, do you find that a lot of patients like to try anything? Well, I find that, uh, I don't think it's really age. I think it's really uh, more uh, intellectual styles. I think we do have when people did some studies uh, initially about who uses CAM, it was found to be more in the educated population uh, and uh, middle-aged individuals. But I, I think if we did the study again now, I bet you that would be different. I find that uh, 
many of the older individuals are much interested in their quality of life and anxious to do something uh, to help relax them and help uh, with their exercise and nutrition. So I'm seeing a lot of people who are even going to the older age groups uh, into in continuing care retirement communities who are very interested uh, in these quality of life issues and areas and integrative therapies. To be seeing more Qigong uh, participants. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Uh, so the music therapy, I know a lot of people might think they know what that is, but specifically, what is that and how does that help patients? Well, we run individual music therapy and also uh, group th music therapy. And I think that uh, uh, a lot of people, uh, I always envision a television program where on Sunday night they went to hear chamber music right. and uh, the husband always fell asleep. Well, that's not the that's not <laughs> relaxation okay that's he, he was tired right <laughs> but but the wife always enjoyed it and it relaxed her lowered her blood pressure and things like that so there are certain attributes of music that are tuned to people i once saw a young kid who uh, the only thing that calmed him down ready for his chemotherapy was putting on ear phones with hip-hop music oh. i mean that wouldn't relax me but it relaxed right. him <laughs> but we run group programs for children uh, at the jimmy fund and it's great that it keeps them calm, it keeps them relaxed uh, while they're awaiting their chemotherapy. That's the next question, pediatric cancer patients. Mm -hmm. So the Zagum Center can help them too? Yes, we can. And we actually have uh, funding that can help uh, for all the integrative therapies uh, in pediatrics. We have a fund that helps give free acupuncture and free massage uh, to our pediatric patients. Now the question comes up, what's the right age? Right. And it depends upon the child. And uh, sometimes uh, we can simulate acupuncture uh, with a needless acupuncture. Uh, so it's sort of a similar to acupuncture, but not with the needles, it's sort of with touching areas. Right. Is there a certain kind of p um, cancer, um, a different kind of cancer that a pediatric cancer patient can't come to the Zakem Center for, or is it for all types of cancer for them too? Well, I think anything, anybody who's ambulatory coming into um, Yawkey 5 now can come up. Uh, I do consults down in Yawkey 5, but uh, they also uh, can come up to the uh, Zakem Center and get their acupuncture massage. Okay. Uh, one patient writes, I've heard a lot recently about dance therapy. Can you talk mm -hmm. about the potential benefits for cancer patients and what exactly is a dance therapy session like? Well, I can't tell you what exactly what a dance therapy session is because <laughs> I've never taken one. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's exercise, number one. Right. Uh, and it's getting into a rhythm, number two. And it's the same sort of sequence of rhythm that you're getting into. And people find, uh, I can tell you that doing dance the first time, if you've never done dance before, is not relaxation. <laughs> uh, but like once golf. you <laughs> That's true. But once you get into that mode, again, just like the breathing, just like the swimming, just like the jogging, you get into that mode, the dancing then becomes a way of relaxation. Right. Have you tried most all of the other ones, just out of curiosity? Qigong, Tai Chi. I haven't done yoga yet, but I've watched it. Acupuncture? Acup oh, yes. I'm a firm believer in acupuncture. That's great. All right, now to the insurance questions. Mm. Very important for many patients. Um, are most or all integrative therapies, I know all are not, <coughs> uh, covered by insurance, or does Dana-Farber provide this as part of the treatment coverage? Okay, well let me tell you what's free first, the good news. All of the mind-body programs that we offer, uh, and they're numerous, the Qigong, the Tai Chi, the yoga, 
the uh, uh, music therapy, group music therapy, uh, the mindfulness meditation programs, the meditation lectures, uh, all of those are free. Uh, and they're covered by philanthropy. We have great philanthropic gifts that help us with all those programs. And we're always trying new ones uh, that people are interested in doing. But right now we're doing one with taking pictures uh, and Zen diagrams. Uh, and those are helping uh, with people. And we've got a recent grant to do uh, knitting therapy. So those are all covered by philanthropy. The acupuncture, massage, and Reiki are fee-for-service. Uh, and uh, that's where we also get the referral for mission from the physician uh, of record uh, to allow us to do that. Uh, if you go in the community, there are certain rates, but our rates are lower than the, than the community rates as far as we know and as far as we determined recently. The uh, first visit for acupuncture is about an hour and a half, uh, close to an hour and a half, and that's $85. Uh, and then the second visit uh, and third visits after that are just $65 for 45 minutes to an hour. All the massage, all the Reiki visits are 45 minutes to an hour, and those are $65 as well. So fairly reasonable compared to the outside. Right. And we do have, as I mentioned, financial, total financial assistance for pediatrics, but we also have, for adults, we have who are on financial assistance, we have financial aid. I think Lenny Zakem didn't want anybody not to have these interventions, and we're trying to do as much as we possibly can uh, to provide that with little cost. And is financial aid, is it difficult to go and get that process started, or? No, it's just it's simple paperwork, but as is anything. Uh, it takes, uh, and most of the front desks will have their forms to do, and um, then the process goes through financial assistance. I think that one of the other thing is what we do with the acupuncture massage. We give the individual, when they pay for it up front, we give them a bill with a procedure code and a diagnostic code. And many people with that, with the prescription from the doctor advising acupuncture massage, people have been able to collect from their insurers. Wow, you make it very easy. We try to. Uh, just This just in. Uh, is aromatherapy considered an integrative therapy, and what are the benefits? Aromatherapy is an integrative therapy. It's a good question. Uh, and uh, there are lots of people dealing with various types of scents uh, that, again, relax the body, just calm the body down with uh, an aroma uh, that appeases the body and relaxes the body. So aromatherapy is definitely another type of therapy. We haven't been as much involved with research in aromatherapy, but it certainly exists. There's a great uh, website, uh, two websites. Uh, there's the American Cancer Society um, book on complementary and alternative medicine, Guide to Complementary and Alternative Medicine, and also the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center website. And it lists all the different types of uh, integrative therapies and complementary therapies. Is there anything that uh, you want that Dana-Farber doesn't offer? <laughs> I think we've been trying to be as ecumenical as possible, trying to cover all the bases with uh, traditional Chinese medicine, various parts of Ayurvedic medicine. Uh, we don't do homeopathy, uh, and that's a different topic by itself. Is that something you want to talk about? Well, um, not sure I want to talk about it because it's still, um, it's out there, it's very much used. It's the use of 
uh, just to explain it as far as a definition is concerned, it's the use of toxic substances, toxic chemicals and proteins that are diluted thousands and thousands of times and then ingested. So to try to boost the immune system. Unfortunately, uh, as with many things in alternative medicine, it has not really been proven to be effective. But it's been out there for years. It's fairly safe. Uh, but as far as its effectiveness, we're still questioning it. Okay. And you touched upon this just a little bit before. Does Dana-Farber offer any courses on counseling for therapy using natural products such as herbs, vitamins, minerals, and probiotics? Yes, I think between a nutritionist and myself, uh, we do consultations. We do integrative nutrition consultations and integrative medicine consultations to deal with those specific questions. Should I be taking turmeric at the same time I'm getting chemotherapy? Should I be taking uh, reishi mushrooms at the same time I'm getting chemotherapy? Should I be taking vitamin C in high doses alongside chemotherapy? These are very important questions to answer because there can be difficulties with interactions between various types of herbs and various types of chemotherapy. Uh, what about, uh, someone asked a question, vitamin C IV therapy? Mm -hmm. Vitamin C IV therapy, well, ever since the days of Linus Pauling, uh, vitamin C has become very popular. And uh, we're really always looking for how many fruits and vegetable servings we can get into people. We try to get five to ten servings mm -hmm. in a day. Uh, but some people say, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want all those fruits and vegetables. I want to just get the antioxidants, and so I'm going to take pharmacological doses of vitamin C. Well, vitamin C is an, uh, an antioxidant, but it's in pharmacological doses. Chemotherapy is an oxidizing agent. And radiation therapy is an oxidizing agent. So what's the issue at the cellular level? So there are lots of issues with the pros and cons of high doses of antioxidants. There is, however, a recent study being done, and isn't completed yet, and we don't have the results, of the use of IV vitamin C. It does require a long line because IV vitamin C is very caustic to the veins, and so a long line has to be implanted, and there are some people doing research work on the use of this uh, without chemotherapy as an alternative or alongside chemotherapy, and those results have not yet come forth. And what about green tea extract, somebody asks. Green tea is very good. It's a good antioxidant. Um, I, I always base my decisions on recommendations on the following. Is it safe and is it effective? If it's both safe and effective, like acupuncture or vitamin D, that's fine. If it's uh, not safe and already been proven to be ineffective, like vitamin B, uh, laetrile, uh, which is uh, apricot pits, which contains cyanide. It's already been proven to be ineffective. That's a no-brainer. Right. In between, there are lots of things that are safe, but we don't know about their effectiveness. And in those cases, I always look to see whether or not there's any interaction between those agents and the chemotherapy or the radiation therapy, and I'm then make your decisions on, based on that. And my guess, your advice is, if a patient has a question about it, they should talk to you first or their provider? Yes, they should talk to their provider. The providers have access to several databases here at the Data Fiber. Uh, NaturalDatabase.com, which is a very good website, but it's a licensed website. And then the website I mentioned of MD Anderson, uh, of, uh, I'm sorry, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, MSKCC.org backslash herbs. Uh, 
What about therapy dogs? Does that come under the Zakem Center? No, we haven't been dealing with therapy dogs, <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you, uh, animal therapy. Uh, if you go into nursing homes, uh, it's very common. Uh, and so there's been some research work done on uh, animal therapy and dog therapy. We have been involved with horseback riding therapy, however. Ah. Uh, we do have a relationship with uh, one of the horseback riding therapy departments out in the western part of Massachusetts. Uh, that uh, if you've ever been on a horse, you know there's the gallop of the horse, which is just like getting into a rhythm, right. just like running, just like swimming. And uh, there are kids who just feel so confident up on horses, uh, and it relaxes them, and it's a form of relaxation response. So we've done some research work on horseback riding therapy. How does that evolve? Does someone come up, come to you with an idea, or does someone from the community say, you know what, this might be a good idea, um, I'd like to offer up? Hmm. That's often how it comes. How it I mean, we, and then we see whether or not we can afford to bring it to, right. do we get some philanthropy alongside of it to bring it forth, uh, such as the Zen diagnostic, the drawing of uh, Zen diagrams, or the art therapy, types of things or the picture-taking uh, program that we're currently doing. Excellent. So how long should someone stay, should be coming uh, to get therapies at the Zakem Center? That's a good question. You know, in China, they do acupuncture daily for cancer patients. It's a little impractical, this country. So in acupuncture in China, it's maybe 10, 15 minutes at a go. Uh, in this country, we, we try to do is when we do our research work, we do twice a week for four weeks and then once a week for four weeks. That's been sort of the protocol that we've designed for research purposes. But even that is taxing on people to come in, uh, and especially when you want to monitor things and do research. So wh what I recommend to people is to play it by ear. Try to get two, three treatments in a matter of two weeks. So three treatments in a matter of two weeks. And then at the end of that time, see what's happened. Each treatment is 45 minutes to an hour. See what the effect has been in that period of time on the specific symptoms that you've been dealing with. And then working with the acupuncturist, uh, determine uh, what the span of the next visit should be. There are people who will only respond for twice a week therapy, but there are people who can begin to space out the visits because many times the acupuncture effect is durable, meaning it lasts. This has been Dana-Farber's Cancer Conversations, featuring Dr. David Rosenthal of the Zakem Center for Integrative Therapies at Dana-Farber. To download more episodes and learn about other cancer podcast series, visit DanaFarber.org slash podcasts.